We're proud to be Indiana's finest craft spirits brand, flying our trade in the scenic hills of Brown County. Part distillery, part amusement park. Inspired by an iconic American pioneer who created the ultimate theme park, Walt Disney. I like to make a, take a new thing and develop something, a new concept. One of the models we study is Walt Disney himself and the intentionality he had in everything he, he did, and, and you still see at Disney. So, How taking a page out of the Disney playbook has helped push hard truth distilling into a Hoosier destination hotspot. Hard Truth founder and partner, Jeff McCabe, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Jeff McCabe and his partner started in the brew pub business, opening a small 24-seat restaurant in a back alley in Nashville, Indiana. It was such a success, the group decided they would try their hand at distilling. Hard Truth Distilling then came along. Nestled in the hills of Brown County, it's a place which combines spirits and entertainment, an immersive experience like few others in Indiana. And I'm pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by the founder and partner at Hard Truth Distilling, Jeff McCabe. Jeff, uh, thanks for joining me. You bet. It's always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you. Hey, um, I think this story, you know, it's a story about about brewing and distilling. But to, but to me, moreover, it's a story about entrepreneurship. And and uh, it's really a business story that, that that's fascinating. Let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. Because the beginning was beer, right? And right. as I understand it, it was just simply some home brew, a home brew glass of beer that kind of kind of sparked things. Take take us all the way back to uh, that early beginning. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So back in two thousand eight, uh, my partner Ed Ryan and I had started to invest a little bit in some of the commercial real estate here in Brown County in Nashville, and uh, uh, I owned with the uh, my son-in-law, the Allison House Inn, and uh, Tim, who is one of our partners here at Hard Truth and Big Woods and Quaslon, was homebrewing on the back porch of the Allison House Inn. He started a beer exchange, you know, so the other homebrewers could uh, drop some of their beer off and take some of uh, his. Uh, it didn't work out very well, though, because his was always gone. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I mean, more of his went out than came back in, I guess. But uh, we knew he could make great beer. And um, we knew that we didn't have a uh, place to drink craft beer in Nashville. So when we had the opportunity to buy that that first place of ours, a, a little little 24-seat restaurant in the uh, back alley in, in, in Nashville, Instead of uh, fixing it up and leasing it out to another entrepreneur, we decided we'd open our own little brew pub. And how'd that go? I mean, what any entrepreneurial venture, you know, there's um, there's anxiety, there are nerves that you know it's going to be accepted, people are going to like it. What was uh, what do you remember about uh, <laughs> kind of launching that 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 brew pub? What I remember was while we and and you know we have the uh, time and the opportunity to do a lot of the work ourselves to uh, 
to put the first place together. Uh, I remember people stopping by and shaking their head and saying, why would you put this work into a little place in a back alley? So a lot of people thought, I think, thought we were a little bit crazy. We were kind of on a lark, but we always thought that it, it made sense and that uh, uh, we always thought that people would come, especially in Nashville. It's such a great town, right? And there's so many people uh, every weekend visiting. We thought people would find us and, you know, to answer your question directly. We opened up on uh, on November 11th and on November 14th, we were sold out of all the beer that uh, that we had made for the opening. So, wow. Tim says it's because we drank a lot of it before the opening, but really people were great. You know, yeah. we had people lined up the first day. Plafon, right, is the is the uh, is is the beer that's now distributed uh, all over the state. Right. It sure is. And uh, you know, now we're in a position with the beer where folks know us and uh, uh they have an expectation for what they're gonna get from us and if we're off a few days on the seasonal releases, we get a lot of calls. But uh-huh. uh, it's it's really fun over time to uh, to develop those kind of neural pathways where mm-hmm. people have a real expectation for for what you're gonna what you're gonna bring to the market. And uh, you know that's been one of the really fun things to see develop over time. Well, as you talk about developing, so you developed the beer and a brand uh, recognized uh, brand in the marketplace. That led ultimately to the distilling piece, which you couldn't do right off, right? As you and I were talking before we started, uh, it used to be in Indiana, you couldn't have both a brewery and a distillery, but that uh, the change in state law really sparked hard truth. Yeah, the the, uh, the legislature, yeah, and you know, I'm happy to, I'll say this uh, as many times as I get a chance. I feel like Indiana's uh, and the legislature are pro-business. And you know they provide small business specifically. They're open to opportunities for for new businesses and uh, and for entrepreneurs. So when that opening came to us, we jumped right through it. Let's talk about your campus in in Brown County, which for folks who haven't been there, it, it really is amazing. And what I thought was interesting as I did a little research, kind of the uh, the thought process that you and 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 your partners put into it was really based a lot on, of all people, Walt Disney, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I guess I'd say the one thing our my partners and I have in common, we all think we're lifelong learners, right? Yep. And one, yeah. of the, one of the models we study is Walt Disney himself and the intentionality he had in everything he, he did, and, and you still see at Disney. So, in fact, I, I'm, I'm sitting in the boardroom right now, and I, I can look to the left, and I can see some of the patent applications for like for the Disney castle and that kind of stuff that the underlying form, right. Of, yeah. of how they did it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we thought about here is, you know, when this, when this 325 acres that we're on became available, we thought, yeah, first of all, we, we, we love this piece of property for years before we could get it. And once we, at, and once we had the opportunity, we thought, what could we do that would really complement uh, everything else that's going on in Nashville and Brown County, you know, with the state park virtually across the street and uh, town on the other side of us? You know, we really, we, we really were kind of inspired by all the elements that come together for a place like, uh, you know, yeah. the Disney properties. We'll talk about uh, your complex and what it, because there's so many elements to it 
How how would you uh, to someone you know who's never been there uh, describe the offerings there? Because uh, there's there's a lot uh, a lot to choose from. Okay, well to begin with, we're we're the same kind of uh, forest and rolling hills, if you will, that uh, that you see at a place like Brown County State Park, right? Uh, so you've got this beautiful piece of property, uh, mature hardwood forest. And, you know, we wanted to start the experience, right? So you go through this absolutely beautiful piece of art that's our front gate and that really reflects the spirit of the big woods on the front gate. And as you come in, in one of the first things you see is rack house number one, which is where we store uh, 6,000 or so barrels of uh, whiskey that are that are aging right now, mm -hmm. right? So yep. immediately you can get a sense of... Uh, You'll see a building that doesn't look different than what you might see in Kentucky in terms of, uh, you know, whiskey or bourbon production. And then you get to drive through the woods. And as you drive through the woods, you you pop out into a parking lot. And there you see a, this timber frame tour center that uh, is the first stop. And in the background behind it, a little bit higher up, a higher elevation, you see the distillery, which really is a significant uh, production facility, right? And it's And it's still growing. If you look over to the right, you can see a, a pond and you can see the world's smallest floating rack house in it, right? We don't have barrels out in ocean lighters like another whiskey producer does, but we do have the smallest floating rack house with one barrel on it that's been floating there since uh, since the first uh, batch of whiskey we laid down. And good news is we're going to take that, that barrel off the water uh, this spring and uh, uh, it's going to be part of our contribution to farm aid. So... That's going to be really neat. Yeah. 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 What so we uh, got well, I was just going to mention we've got a really nice outdoor entertainment area. We can we can bring probably a thousand people in there. We've got the trails and the ATVs so that you can you can see the, you know, you can experience the property because that's the real business we're in, right? We're in the experience business. And, yeah, well, uh, I was going to ask you about that, the experience and how that ties into the brand. I've got to believe your product certainly is about taste. You know, you want to have something that people like, but but what you've developed there and continue to develop that experience, that's in keeping with the brand, I assume. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about uh, authenticity, right? I mean, we're we're real people here with this great support from the community. I mean, we, we're fortunate we're able to employ a lot of people here in the county, and we're really fortunate that uh, the results of all this hard work we have yielded some great products. But I think consumers now, especially in our industry, value the fact that we, we are authentic, that we do make our own product, that in fact, we're, you know, we're grain to glass, right? We've got farmers in three counties who grow corn, wheat, and rye for us here in Indiana. And uh, when you get some hard true sweet mash whiskey, you know, you're getting the best that Indiana hot has to offer, not just what we have to offer. That's right? interesting. So it's all yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, the, the economic impact. As you mentioned, you employ a lot of people there, but you're also buying product from Indiana farms. Talk about that focus, that insistence and in, that drive to, to buy local. Well, a couple of things. You know, first of all, it's a good economic decision for us to do it, right? But one of the uh, one of the early conversations we had with uh, one of the icons in the whiskey industry was with Bill Samuels down at Maker's Mark. Okay. And after we talked to him, Fred, he very forthcoming. You know, a lot of insights for us. And he said, "Well, let's talk about your core, right?" 
You've got great corn in Indiana. You need to have an heirloom seed. You need to make corn part of your story, uh, right? And, uh, and of course, we had that in mind already, but to hear somebody like that tell us that and about how, uh, you know, about he approached it in his business helped us think about that. But, uh, uh, you know, we're in the, I mean, that's what Indiana's about, right? Family yeah. farms. And that's our cause marketing. So it was, you know, we support family farming in Indiana. And uh, to be able to work with people like Doug Miller, who uh, grows our core and, you know, see that be part of his legacy to he's a fourth generation farmer who actually tells stories about when he delivered corn down to Lawrenceburg for, for whiskey production. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and now he's grown up and his grandfather's passed away and he's doing that with us. Wow. That is interesting. Is, is uh, you talk about family is the, is the distilling business. You talk about talking to some folks at, at, at Maker's Mark. Is it, is it, you know, I, I know I, I've talked to a number of brewers, you know, and, and there's kind of that, that family type atmosphere. It's competitive, but at the same time, everybody wants everybody to be successful. Does that exist in the distilling business too? Yeah, I think uh, we've always had great, you know, great luck talking to other distillers. And we've had, we have a, a several who helped us get started and help us really shorten the learning curve. And, uh, um, you know, great juice is great juice, no matter who makes it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, at the same time, you know, from a marketing and brand perspective, it's really competitive, right? Yeah, you, right. There's a lot of there's a lot of product out there on the shelves and new labels showing up every day. So once you know you've got a great product, you're just part of the way there because you've got to yeah. be able to really market effectively. And build it, 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 is that the key? I mean, as you you talk about that competitive. Uh, landscape and and as an observer and consumer uh, certainly especially bourbons and you look at the bourbon trail uh you know down in Kentucky and the the popularity of whiskey seems to be off the charts what's key you mentioned marketing what in your view is is really key kind of staying ahead of the curve well you know we're uh traditionalists who are innovators yeah if that I know that sounds like uh, two competing terms but uh mm -hmm. Uh, we've got, you know, th in, our, in our case, we've got state-of-the-art equipment that actually is built in Louisville, right out of Vendo. But that that state-of-the-art equipment with uh, with some co computer controls on it really is just a great way to take the traditional methods of uh, producing whiskey and and improving on it, right? So we take the best of the old. We we do some things. Uh, uh, we also take advantage of the newest technology. But you know, in terms of getting back to experience. You know, a lot of folks will go on the bourbon trail and they'll try to hit three or four or five distilleries in a day, mm -hmm. right? We want people to spend three or four days here with us, right? So we're yeah. we're a little bit different that way. That's That was our idea at the initial kind of de design of this was for people to be able to come here and not, you know, two or three hours be in and out, but in, yeah, but, but, you know, be part of the Brown County experience, stay in town for a couple of days and uh, and have enough great things for them to do, whether it's a mixology class or it's, you know, we've got a great restaurant, of course, or, or go out on the trails and go hiking, right? Or listen to some music. So that was part of the idea for us to kind of differentiate ourselves early. And now you see more and I think I think we've talked about this before. We have over 400,000 visitors a year now. Yeah. Now you see more of those places in Kentucky are building more into their experience. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because it has become 
uh, such a destination, as you mentioned, 400,000 visitors. Uh, So truly a destination. So there's economic impact. When you look at the tourism piece, there's real impact there that you're creating. You know, one of the great parts is we've been able to see more investment in Brown County uh, since we got started. And we've got the Brown County Music Center, which is incredibly successful and is a, you know, a public uh, private partnership really. And, uh, you know, when, when they have a great act at the, uh, music center, we have a great night here. And uh, if we can get them, uh, get those folks to stay overnight or maybe two nights, that's good for the shopkeepers in town. It's kind of a virtuous cycle. Yeah. Much more ahead with uh, Jeff McCabe, the founder and partner, Hard Truth Distilling. We'll talk about, uh, Big entry into the restaurant business and uh, an expanding uh, uh, part of the business there statewide and much more when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Jeff McCabe, founder and partner at Hard Truth Distilling and uh, uh, truly an Indiana entrepreneur doing a lot of big things. And and uh, Jeff, you recently had a big thing, as you've described it, as an inflection point for the business, and that's the release of your bourbon. Talk about that. Uh, uh, talk about the bourbon and, and why it's such an important part uh, of the business plan. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, bourbon takes a little bit longer than rye whiskey. We uh, we started releasing our rye whiskey about two years ago. And of course, we've made the top 100 American whiskeys list. Esquire magazine and uh, Men's Journal said we've got the best craft rye whiskey in the country. Wow. And uh, as, as late as December this year. And that's all great. But I'd say it's a higher degree of difficulty since it's a smaller market than uh, bourbon is, right? Bourbon. Uh, people drink five times as much bourbon as rye whiskey. So after five years of aging, we finally got whiskey or bourbon ready to uh, bring to market. And we're not just bringing one bourbon, we're bringing three. We've got a, a sweet mashed bourbon that uh, everybody will really enjoy, but we've also got a weeded bourbon and a four grade bourbon. And those are bottled and bond, which you know speaks to, you, know, you and I talked earlier about auth- authenticity and uh, one of the things we're really proud of is that we are a grain-to-glass to distiller and that uh, when you get that bourbon, you're getting the best that Indiana has to offer. What will this bourbon release, these three bourbons, what will it mean for the uh, the business? What's the potential? Well, we expect that we'll, we will sell probably as much bourbon in, in the first, uh, first 11 months that we release it as we have sold rye whiskey. So it'll, it'll double our sales of whiskey. It opens up other markets to us where people just don't drink rye whiskey very much uh, and, and more global markets too. It really establishes us as a uh, 
as as a significant player in uh, in whiskey and in bourbon. So yeah. In terms, Jeff, of uh, distribution, you distribute around the state of Indiana. Do you go outside the state? Yeah, uh, in the beer business, where we can only make enough beer for all the folks in Indiana. So for in the beer business, every every drop we make gets sold in Indiana. But for spirits, and this was a big difference in the way we approached the business when we uh, invested in uh, distilling. We decided uh, we were going to become a national brand, and we invested that way. So much bigger investment up front. And uh, uh, we're in uh, 21 states right now, wow. and uh, you know four of the five major markets in the country, and uh, we've got a great sales and marketing team that is uh, getting the word out for us. But and Southern Glazers our partner nationally for distribution. Yeah, what's what's key? I I, I got to believe that that the distribution is very important, obviously, but it is probably challenging. What's what's the key to to getting a good you know, distribution network and and really getting your product out uh, where you want it to go. Yeah, it's almost, you know, it's kind of like when you talk about barriers to entry for somebody new coming into a business, Yeah, it's almost like a Chinese firewall for folks to try to figure out the best way to get distributed. Do you try to get out to uh, 10 or 15 states or do you focus on your home market? That kind of thing. And uh, uh, so there's a real learning curve there. The challenge for the distributors I think is a lot of times they have to make bets, right? Because if they're going to be your distributor, they're selling your product and they've got to make an investment in you. So you've got to give them a reason to do it. We think you have to win at home first. So we've always focused on Indiana first. And, uh, you know, the lion's share of our business is here in Indiana, but we have enough uh, market share and credibility that we can show distributors in other states and uh, national chain accounts and that kind of thing that uh, that we have the market presence in our own market that they can take, they can make a bet on us. Let's talk about the restaurant business. Big Woods Brewing has restaurants, as uh, we talked before we started, 10 restaurants now. And I know th- that's a big investment. Talk about uh, why you're in the restaurant business in a big way. That's not an easy business. That's a tough business. Certainly the restaurant business is. Talk about, uh, talk about that. Well, you know, we're we're talking in the middle of winter and there's snow falling, right? That's when this business is really tough, right? Yeah. When it's when it's tough to get customers out in the evening to to come and visit you. But uh, it always seemed to us that it was uh, a great way to uh, to enhance the experience that we're offering with the with the beer and the spirits, right? Yeah. You know, the, the restaurants have proved proved to be that for us. But you know, when you start to when you've got one restaurant. You've got you've got challenges with uh, getting the best price for your for, you know for the yeah. products that go into what you're selling and that kind of stuff. And when you start to get a little bit of scale, things like that start to get easier. But then you have other challenges like with uh, with people. Now, in our case, since we're mostly centrally Indiana, we what we've done is we've created an opportunity for people for career growth because we've got those other locations and we've got. Uh, you know, kind of a management hierarchy so that uh, uh, we can keep good people mm-hmm. and develop them over time, which is one of the great parts of all these businesses when you went now. We had a meeting the other day with uh, the restaurant team and, you know, a couple of people leading that group have been with us. I think they were employee number six and number seven way back in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, now they're helping us run a, a pretty sizable business. So, it is challenging. I can't. I would. I'd never tell anybody that restaurants are easy. But the other thing I tell them is, 
if you're gonna if you're gonna go into the restaurant business and and you're from the creative side, the culinary side, or whatever else, have a great business partner because restaurants can be a good business if you run them like a business. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And and you're I know that you've got uh, you've got a restaurant you've had for a number of years now in Speedway, right? Yeah. And that that's a big restaurant. So you go big, you know, Big Woods. I mean, that's that's a that's a good sized restaurant. Well, that's a big big. I think that's a, one of the biggest bets we ever made. And you know, part of that was uh, back when we did it. Speedway was still in their uh, you know redevelopment phase, right? Right on Main Street and, there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, those guys on the redevelopment team worked really hard to convince us that uh, they were going to see that through to the end, and we believed them. And of course, we got we got that great spot on the corner at Tenth and Main, right? And uh, we took advantage of the opportunity. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? They they size up the risk, and if they see the opportunity, they kind of jump through that. Yeah, and I know uh, you know people. There were doubters uh, to the folks uh, in Speedway about their ability to pull off that whole redevelopment plan. But boy, if you go walk along Main Street there from your restaurant and and uh, uh, you know Foy, you know there's so there's so many uh, cool places, and it's a totally different place than it was you know five ten years ago. It's uh, it's just a great story that. You can't you can't hang that success on one person, right? It, it's a great story of uh, delayed gratification, right? You it takes time to to do a, a turnaround and a change like that. And one of the guys I remember who really convinced us it was going to happen was a very young guy, Ian Nicolini, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And Ian, Ian said, "Jeff, you got to do this. This is going to be great, right?" You know, we did, and uh, it's great for everybody. It's great to see Speedway, yeah. yeah. Doing what it's doing now. Yeah. You talk about the future. We mentioned the bourbon release, which uh, obviously is a is a milestone for the company. Governor Holcomb was uh, at uh, your campus there uh, not that long ago, as you kind of christen, christened Rackhouse Number 2. Talk about that day, and because I know he had a lot of great things to say about hard truth and the impact that it's having on the economy. Yeah. You know, it's been great to have support from... Uh, Governor Holcomb and other folks in in government here in Indiana, and Governor Holcomb in particular has, uh, you know, he helped us a couple of years before that came down and signed the Indiana Rye Act, which celebrates the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of the great rye whiskey in the company actually does come from Indiana, right? And what we talked about last time he was down here was about how we're starting to realize that vision, right? Of uh, creating that branding that people understand that uh, that there's great whiskey coming from right here in Indiana and a lot of it. And uh, that's the kind of help that uh, is is great for everybody who's who's in this kind of business in Indiana. So talked about that, about expansion, about creating an environment where entrepreneurs can can uh, be confident to invest more money. And just like uh, that was rack house number two in the spring, we're gonna we're we're actually breaking ground. We've already cleared it for rack house number three, and pretty soon, you know, over the next couple of years, we'll have twenty thousand or so barrels of uh, wow product aging in those rack houses. Wow! How many uh, total employees do you have now uh, across uh, Far Truth, Big Woods, and all your various uh, entities? Really depends on the time of year, but uh, uh, north of six hundred. Mm. Well, and uh, it 
you know, just, you know, there's some seasonality to it, but uh, always north of 600. What's next? I mean, I mean, I'm asking you that. You just had the big bourbon release. You had so much going on. But uh, as you look going forward, is there a, you know, a bigger picture out there that you're uh, you're pursuing? Well, I, I'd say a couple of things. One is this year when I talk with my partners and we talk with the, the you know our key people on the team, we talk about thinking about things differently this year. We actually say it doesn't cost anything to think differently. Yep. Right. So we're really kind of evaluating all parts of our business. But one thing for sure is we're investing more in Indiana than we ever have before. We've got, you know, we're we're in a great position in the market, but we can do a lot more. And uh, the stronger we are in Indiana, the more it carries through as we go into other markets. So we are investing more in terms of our, our ability to produce especially on the uh, spirit side of things. We are looking at opportunities on the restaurant side, but at, at, at the same time, a lot of our effort is to get established in, in key markets like uh, Florida. We're on some cruise ship lines now, which uh, introduces people from all over the world to our product. Right, yep. And we launched in New York mid-year last year, and that's actually been our most successful Launch so now you can go to New York City or 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 Rochester or Syracuse and you can get Hard Truth products. That's great. Jeff McCabe, the founder and the partner at Hard Truth Distilling. Jeff, truly an Indiana success story. Fascinating story uh, at how things began and how things have grown through so dramatically over the years. And it looks like it will continue to grow as uh, as well. So congratulations uh, on that success, and certainly wish you much more success going forward. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast. We are a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download all of our episodes, more than 150 strong, and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.